Have you ever been asked to do something you just weren't prepared to do? For some of us, there can come a time where someone will come to us and ask us to take on a task that's just a little bit too much. It might be something you've decided to do in your home where you're trying to remodel a place in your house that's outside of the skills you possess. Maybe it's a subject in school where you just can't seem to wrap your brain around the concepts that they're trying to teach. I can remember feeling this way about calculus, actually. I, I was good at other math, really, but that one was beyond my ability to comprehend. It might be at work where you're given a project to undertake and you aren't even sure where to get started. Maybe it's in your parenting. I mean, you might be a new parent or, or the parent of a teenager and you're struggling to know how to deal with this new situation. Boy, I, I can relate to that one. I think like most first-time parents, when my oldest was born, I was not prepared. Sure, we read stuff, we'd, we'd taken some classes, we, we'd just gotten advice from all kinds of people about how to be a parent. I was excited. I was also really nervous. I can remember having moments before Sam was born thinking, how am I going to do this? Or what happens if dot, 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 you name it, I thought about it. And then the day came when he was born and Pam and I were thrust into parenthood. Life was different and we weren't prepared. We slept less, we cried more, we turned on each other some nights. We had our first real battles of marriage. It was tough. Now I can actually remember one instance where Pam was going to leave me alone with Sam for an extended period. Now, I had already gone back to work, but Pam had been home still on maternity leave. She had grown accustomed to being home for extended periods of time with just her and Sam. But on this evening, she had a charity event that she wanted to attend, and so the plan was for me to be home alone with Sam. Now, as the night progressed, Sam started to get fussy. He was in this stage where he had had periods of crying for just no reason at all, right? They call this like the witching hour of the day. Well, we hit one of those and I was struggling. I couldn't get him to calm down. I didn't know what to do. So I did what any intelligent dad would do in this situation. I called my wife. Here's the problem. She didn't answer. I texted, no response. I called again, nothing. I knew my wife was fine, but, and how dare she do so, she was enjoying her time out and she didn't see my calls. Honestly, that unprepared feeling I had inside about not being able to calm him down, it turned into frustration and anger. And once she did finally see my calls and texts, she called me and I was mad. Listen, she did nothing wrong. What created this unfair anger inside of me was the fear I had that I wasn't prepared and felt overwhelmed with the situation. We do that, don't we? When we face situations that we feel unprepared to face, then we often let fear take over, which turns to anger or grief, and often leads to us refusing to take a path that has been placed before us. What we need to understand is that God will put these paths in front of us, even when we feel like we're not ready to step out. We've been in a series called Ancient Paths, where we have been looking at the ways that God leads us along His paths. These are ideas and methods that are not new. They've been around for thousands of years. 
He gives us these ancient ways. His path, which if we follow, will lead us to what we really want and what we need. On those paths, we will discover our identity as sons and daughters of a good Father in heaven. We will step into being equipped for love, and we will be deployed on mission in our spheres of influence. When we talk about being unprepared, God understands this struggle. See, there's many times in our lives where God is going to ask us to step out into faith and do something we don't feel equipped to handle. And so today, we want to look at the ancient path of mission and understand that God does not call you without equipping you. That's our big idea for today. And to illustrate this idea, I want to share with you the story of a guy named Joshua. Joshua lived during the times after the Israelite people had fled Egypt. You might know this story of how Moses leads the Israelites out of slavery. And they had fled into the wilderness and were being promised by God to go to this new land. And yet, because of their lack of trust in God's plan, the Israelites were stuck wandering around for 40 years. This was tough because God had made them a promise. He had given them a mission, but the first thing he asked them to do is wait. Have you been there? Have you felt a calling from God in your life only to have to wait? Maybe it's in your career where you know you're meant for bigger things, but you just can't seem to move into that place where you want to be. Maybe it's at school. Some of you might be entering your senior years of high school or your last year of college, and you've been waiting for this time to come, and you're excited. Listen, guys, we've been waiting a long time for our new Ross building to open. We've been meeting in a high school for 12 years. And then we finally broke ground. And then we had to wait for the building to be complete. And now, in the last month, we have seen the building standing here, waiting for the final touches and permits to come through. And if I'm being authentic and truthful, I haven't been good at waiting. And it's only been a matter of weeks. I've let my uncertainty and unpreparedness turn to anger and frustration when I should be praising a God who would give us this amazing new place. This is what the Israelites were facing. And Moses had led the Israelites right to the other side of the river from the promised land. And they camped out here and Moses is trying to convince the Israelites to cross over and show their obedience to God. And yet they're struggling. And then Moses dies. And this is where Joshua comes into the story. Now, up to this point, Joshua had been alongside of Moses. If you go and read the books of Exodus and Numbers, you will find that Joshua was there assisting Moses. Moses even put Joshua in charge of commanding a group of men in some of these battles they faced. And what we know about Joshua is that he was born back before the Israelites left Egypt. So what this tells us is that he was most likely well past middle-aged when, when Moses died. It's interesting that some people actually talk about Joshua being a young man, but reality is he wasn't that young. And yet, here he is aiding Moses as he prepares the way for the Israelites to go into the Promised Land. 
This is a great example of how God calls people into leadership. He puts them alongside someone else to learn and be empowered. God does not call you without equipping you. So Joshua becomes the new leader of the Israelites, and he's calling them to do what Moses had called them to do. Namely, obey God's commands and enter into the land that will be given to them. Now here's the trouble with that. Years prior, Moses had sent 12 spies into the land of the Canaanites. Here's how that report goes in the book of Numbers. And they told him, We came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. So what happens? These spies went into the land, saw these people, and they came back scared. Why? Because they felt unprepared to face what they saw. Listen, they acknowledged the benefits of the land, but the fear of these strong men and the large cities causes them to question what God is calling them to do. They're scared. And what does fear do? I take a look right here in the next chapter of Numbers. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, What would, would that we have died in the land of Egypt? Or would that we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Did you see that? Here's a land that God had promised. A land which was admittedly flowing with milk and honey. And yet the Israelites let their fear of being unprepared stand in their way. And then their fear turns to anger. They turn on Moses. Look, they even say, would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Folks, they were slaves in Egypt. And yet their fear and uncertainty made them actually consider going back to that place. Now of those 12 men who spied out the land, two of them disagreed with the others and said that, you know what, they believed they should do as God commanded. And one of those guys was Joshua. Now, because of the others' fear, God kept the Israelites in the wilderness for a longer time. And all of that generation of those who spied and didn't want to go, they died in the wilderness. And so now we're back to where Joshua is the leader. And he's going to do what God calls, called Moses to do. God speaks to Joshua right in the beginning of the book of Joshua. Here is what God says. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You see, God is telling Joshua 
that no matter what we will face, God has prepared a way for us. It's interesting to read this passage because years before we had seen Joshua stand up for this plan. As one of those original spies, he was one of the only two men who said they should do what God commanded. And yet here is God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. Why? I think over time, like for many of us, the vision leaked, right? Joshua needed to be reminded that he needed to be strong and courageous. See, we all feel a sense of being beaten down, of weakness and inadequacy in so many places. Maybe it's in our parenting. Maybe it's in our finances or in our friendships, in our education or career. We've lost the vision that God has for each of us, and we have let our fear and our doubt take over when we should be relying on the power of God. God is preparing us for the things He calls us to do. Joshua was full of doubt and fear, but God called Joshua, as He does us, to step into the hard spaces, knowing He has equipped us for the task and deployed us on His mission to experience full life in Him and connect others to experience the same. God does not call you without equipping you. And Joshua listens. He takes these words of encouragement and he leads the Israelites into the promised land. And then what happens? You can read the book of Joshua and see all this, but they conquer Jericho and then move on to conquer more of the land. God hands this over to them as he promised. And there's this really cool story that happens right after they pass over into the land. God has just parted the River Jordan like He did the Red Sea. And He tells Joshua to take a man from each tribe of Israel. There were 12 of them. He tells each man to take a stone from the Jordan River where they passed over and bring it with them. And then place them in this place where they set up camp. And check out what Joshua tells them God points them to do. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan... The waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. You see, God often calls us to move. He has a mission for us. But He also calls us to remember the day that we were called. This is what the stones represented. A dedication to the mission that God has placed before us. We need to take time to remember the ground we've claimed. To look back and realize there was a time where we faced adversity, but God brought us through. This is what we talk about when we talk about legacy. What impact are we making in the lives of others? What stones are we leaving in their lives to help them know that the mission is blessed? Think about those people in your life who have done this for you and be considering who in your life you need to start doing this for. Because here's the truth. Hundreds of years later, God would send His Son to do just what Joshua did, to lead the Israelites into a new mission, 
a new vision of the future. And yet, he didn't stop there. He called Jesus to reach out to the Gentile as well as the Jew, to the broken, the beaten, the lost, the sinner, to you and to me. And when Jesus came, he was dealing with a people who felt as insignificant and unprepared as any before them. And yet, he led men into discipleship in new and powerful ways. We get to see a great example of this in Luke chapter 5. Take a look with me. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. See, here's Peter. He's not sure what to think of Jesus. And in a moment, he has his world rocked. And he actually says to Jesus, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. He feels inadequate. He feels weak. He is afraid and not ready for what's coming. Maybe that's you. Maybe you look at this faith stuff and you think to yourself, I'm not good enough for this. You look at your life and your past and you see a screw-up who isn't able to do anything other than fail. Maybe you've been called into the mission of Jesus in the past and you rejected that calling. So you feel like you're just stuck to wander out here in the wilderness. Maybe you believe that God can do amazing things, but you just struggle with really stepping out into faith in what He can do. See, Jesus is going to do with you the same thing He did with Peter on that boat. Jesus says, do not be afraid. He called Peter and the other men into a relationship that would not only change their lives, but the lives of the rest of the world. Jesus called them into mission, but before that would happen, He prepared them. God does not call you without equipping you. Today, I want to challenge you to think about what ways you have felt inadequate or weak. And then take some time to hand those over to God. Take a courageous step this week to begin to leave a legacy of faith for those in your life and community. Who in your life needs to experience life with God? Tell them about Him. Don't hold back because of your fear or perceived weakness. If you're new here, we want you to know this. You've been equipped by God. This might be new to you, but the truth still remains that God is equipping you for His mission. We want to help you understand how you can be part of that mission. No matter where you are in faith, we are entering a season of life groups here at White Oak. 
These groups will offer you a chance to connect with other people who are like you, learning from Jesus to be like Jesus. These groups are a great way for you to begin to be equipped in a community of friends. Don't miss the chance to sign up today. You can find resources and related information about our groups at our website, vwocc.com. And if you're part of the White Oak family, you've been equipped and deployed. You are deployed to take the good news of Jesus out into the world. No longer are we waiting for the day to come. It is here. The kingdom of God can be glorified on this earth through each of you. Go out and expand your circles of impact for Jesus. White Oak, together we move.